welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Profit margins. Are you excited? Another week of the profits? Everyone said, yay. Everyone loves to see a profit coming. We're going to hear another voice today, um, from Elijah to Elisha to Amos. We're going to hear from Amos this week and next week, but before we dive into Amos, let us have some prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your prophets. Thank you for your spirit who speaks. And we invite you now to speak once more through your prophets, through the words, through your spirit into our hearts. Bless what has been prepared. Speak through me in spite of me. Let us hear you in spite of ourselves. Lord, may all that you bring to us today, may we meditate upon it and may those meditations be pleasing and acceptable to you. Lord, you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. All right, Amos. Man, there is not a prophet harder to hear from than Amos, because there is no good news in the book of Amos, which is why we only read from Amos twice a year, and then that's it. (laughs) Twice every three years, then we're done with Amos. His tradition is the oldest of all the prophets. Actually, we think it predates a majority of the whole Bible itself, having this tradition, these writings. He comes on the scene not to bring words of blessing and encouragement and joy. He comes on to bring God's faithful love through condemnation and judgment. And you might say, wait a second, you said faithful love, and then you said condemnation and judgment. Those are signs of God's love. Like a crooked wall, we need to know if it's crooked. Amen? Not to say so, would that be love? So may we not consider this judgment and condemnation to be a sign of just faithful, faithlessness, because that's not what it is. If we want to be set right, if we want to live right, if the path that we're on is to be the one of the right direction, then we need judgment and then sometimes condemnation. Most of the time, though, if we're honest, we don't want to be set right because we want to be right. Amen? Maybe. I'm glad it's not just me. I like to be right. I like to find things that support what it is I already have decided. And uh, as my coffee mug says, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Amos brings a plethora of heavy words and truths upon Israel. While God is faithful to the covenant with Israel, it seems that Israel can reach a point of no return, which might sound strange. I don't know that that's God saying, well, that's it. Seven times 77, you reached it, you're done. Or if you get so far headed in the wrong direction, you're not going to know how to turn back around. So immediately prior to our reading today, Amos receives two visions. One of locusts and one of fire both consume the land. And Amos says, I beg you, stop, stop. Jacob will not survive this. Israel cannot endure this. He's so small. Amos says, he's so small. He's so weak. I can't handle this, Lord. 
Both times God relents and changes course. But then comes the third of our four visions in our reading today from Amos 7. This is what the Lord showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? A plumb line, I said. Then the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the middle of my people, Israel. I will never again forgive them. The shrines of Isaac will be made desolate, and the holy places of Israel will be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, reported to Israel's king, uh, Jeroboam, Amos has plotted against you within the house of Israel. The land isn't able to cope with everything that he is saying. Amos has said Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will be forced out of its land. Amaziah said to Amos, You who see things, go, run away to the land of Judah. Eat your bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's holy place and his royal house. Amos answered Amaziah, I am not a prophet, nor am I a prophet's son, but I am a shepherd and a trimmer of sycamore trees. But the Lord took me from shepherding the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, hear the Lord's word. You say, Don't prophesy against Israel, and don't preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore, the Lord proclaims, Your wife will become a prostitute in the city. And your sons and daughters will fall by the sword, and your land will be measured and divided up. You yourself will die in an unclean land, and Israel will surely be taken away from its land. The word of God in Scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Amos. You're waiting for the but, but it never comes. A plumb line. You've seen a plumb line. It'll tell you whether the wall is straight. It doesn't lie. That's why we use it. If you want a straight wall, you use a plumb line. If you don't, well, then you won't. Has anyone here ever built a house? Some house builders. My dad built houses, so I spent a lot of time on work sites watching him work, and he was meticulous. He was meticulous in other things besides building houses, which drove me crazy, but he was meticulous building houses, and I think the owners appreciated that because he would measure the angles on the walls and make sure everything was as it should be, and if it wasn't, he would fix it. If he couldn't fix it, you knock it down and you start over. He relied on tools, and he had a whole big tool belt. Has anyone ever purchased a home Maybe you didn't build it, but you purchased a home, right? What's the first step before you commit to buying this home? Inspection. Because you want to know, is this house good? If it's not good, well, then we need to address that. You need someone who has the right tools and the right information to come in and assess and inspect the house and give you a report, not the report you just simply hope to hear, and maybe what the sellers want, right? But you want to know the roof, the wiring, foundation, insulation, it's good. It's a good house. Maybe there are little things they need to do, but ultimately you want a good house. 
You want to know the truth because you don't want to move in and find out later it wasn't good. If you get word that it has some critical issues, you want to address those. The Lord has placed a plum in the middle of the people, Amos said, this plumb line. What is a plumb line referring to in this passage? Like I said, this Amos predates a lot of our scripture. So was it the law, law of Moses? Israel's there, Israel and Judah divided. So there's some history here. Was it Amos? Was Amos the plumb line coming to speak the truth, to give the measuring of the wall? Or was it something else? You gotta wonder, what exactly was the tool at the time for them to know? They probably read their scripture in Bethel. So in this case, there's no hope of correction except to tear it down and start again. That's what Amos says. He he says, the Lord is destroying all of Israel and removing you from the land because you are unjust. Ultimately what he's saying. Now the people in charge, not the report they're hoping for, but the people who are on the bottom being treated unjustly, this is not news to them, the unjust part. And maybe good news to hear that God has stepped in to intervene. The poor and the vulnerable, Amos has told us, have been mistreated, cheated, oppressed, and ignored. Sold for sandals at one point. The whole system, the kingdom, the religious system, the practice, it is not addressing a critical issue, a big crack in the foundation of the people. It's actually participating in this widening of the crack, perpetuating it. So Amos predicts the destruction, because if you keep pulling away at the foundation of a house, what's going to happen? It's going to fall down. If you build a wall and keep going crooked, it falls. Amos refers to this as the day of the Lord. Now this this particular phrase, the day of the Lord, has a lot of meaning, and we've used it a lot. Jesus talked about it a lot. What it was used for then was in battle, when Israel's facing an enemy, When the Lord came, the day of the Lord, it was the day the Lord fought with Israel and brought them victory. This is the day of the Lord, but it's Israel who's the enemy here. He went to the religious center of the kingdom, if you can imagine, and he proclaimed this. Bethel, you know Bethel, the place where Jacob laid his head and saw the messengers, the angels, ascending and descending upon stairs or a ladder. That's where he announces this. And the priest there, Amaziah, isn't having it. This is not the inspection report he wanted. So it seems even the priest is not living upright, not seeking truth. So he immediately does what good people do. You lift up patriotism, right? Hey, king, he's speaking against you. We need to see him go. Make it all about that then we can deal with the problem and silence the voice we don't want to hear. That's what he does. Then he tells Amos, you're not wanted here. Go, go away. Go somewhere else. And in the case of Amaziah, Amos is the plumb line, is he not? He presents truth, and Amaziah won't hear it. Its presence and announced judgment reveals the true allegiance of the heart of that priest. It's not about what God might have to say. It's about getting the king to get Amos out of here. It's not to the king, or it's not to the system. It's to the privileges and benefits that he receives. He's a priest. Imagine he's treated pretty well. People start to think that Amos has something to say here 
that could threaten the livelihood of a lot of people. So Amos announces a biblical curse upon Amaziah. Okay, you want me to go somewhere else? Everything you have will be taken away. That's the end of the word to Amaziah. Amos is fun, isn't he? He got really quiet and serious in here. Maybe you're hearing Amos. This was not an easy text to, to meditate on, to pray on, to read, to learn about, to prepare for. If we would want to ask God to not send anyone into our lives, it would be Amos. What might he say? Through Amos, the Lord announces that forgiveness will never come. God's had enough. The whole thing needs to come down. That doesn't mean there won't be rebuilding. But that'll be for the next generation or the generation after that, or maybe a few, as it turns out. But the repeated phrase in Amos, in this vision, is, what do you see, Amos? What do you see? It's not, here, Amos, here's a vision. Here's what it means. First, he always asks, what do you see? It's important that Amos sees these visions to understand what is happening. If the fate, this is what perplexes me, if the fate of Israel had been decided, then why send Amos? There's no hope. Why send him? Maybe so that the next generation knows what happened and why. But still, why do you send Amos to the current generation to tell them it's over? I think here we have our own plumb line in this story, knowing what happened, what they did and didn't do, how they handled it when truth came, what it ultimately brought because one generation later they were exiled. They were destroyed. That part came true. Amos saw it coming. So now we have the plumb line of Amos himself of his word, his prophetic word. We get a clear vision of what it is that God is after. It's not a big temple. It's not a fancy priest. It's not even a strong king. The people worship in the temple. And at one point, God says, away with your songs, your noisy worship. Stop sacrificing to me because you're ignoring the poor. How can you praise me and sacrifice and not live as you're called to live? The vulnerable of Israel suffer and are crushed by this very system you claim to be mine, God's saying. The ones who need defending on the great day of the Lord aren't Israel. They are the attackers. Amos was sent to proclaim destruction. Perhaps his proclamation was a warning to those who would listen. Get out while you can. Or... We can be sure it was written down as a plumb line for subsequent generations, and that's why it's still in our scripture today. That's why we have it. That's why we read it. We don't want to repeat our past mistakes, do we? Amos gives us a clear picture of what God thinks of that kind of broken system that exploits and steals in the Lord's name. Will the people of the future generations look through the lens of Amos to see what it is they've built. That's the question brought to us today from the margins. What do you see? Before we can ask, what do we see? Let's first ask, can we see? Now, you know what? Before we ask that, let's ask, will we see? Even if we could, will we? The gaze of judgment must begin with ourselves. 
I got to start with me. You got to start with you. Amen? If I have a plank in my eye, how am I going to remove the splinter from anybody else's? If the church has a plank in its eye, how can we remove the splinters that lie beyond the boundaries of the church? But if we enter into honest conversation with ourselves, with each other, about what we see, about this life that we share, and start identifying the planks in our own midst, well, that can be wonderful. Not fun, but wonderful. To begin this work, we got to remove distractions. Amaziah was too busy, couldn't see. So we need to set down our rituals and routines sometimes. There are things in our lives that we do that keep us busy. I have lots of those things. I have three little ones that always keep me busy. And sometimes I get distracted even from attending to them. I have to stop that. I have to loosen the grip on my assumptions on what I think I'm supposed to be doing, what I think it's supposed to look like, of what I think it's supposed to benefit me. And I turn my attention to the plumb line in our midst. Amos is a good plumb line. Scripture is a good plumb line. The voices of those who are hurt are a plumb line. The Holy Spirit is our plumb line and specks our heart as a people, as individuals, as a congregation, works through our scripture to work among us, through us, and to beckon us to stop focusing on all the wrong things and start focusing on all the right things. Which sounds easy. You might say, well then, pastor, what are the right things? But before we can see, we must clear our eyes. Next week, Amos will bring another vision, the fourth, to help us see. So this week, before we jump into all that we see, I ask that you pray daily. Pray for the things you normally pray for, but then ask, Spirit, help me see what I need to see. And do your best to see honestly. Don't be like Amaziah. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Take that message away. Don't try and just look for what you hope to see because we can all find what we hope to see. Amen? We have a really big, good knack for that as human beings. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me see. And when you start to feel that you're able to see, look around and pay attention and wonder. Look around your neighborhood. Look around your community. Drive around without the radio on this week. Don't be distracted. Look. Focus. Look for the places where the vulnerable are exploited. Go look under a bridge. What do you see? What are the ways that we ignore what we see? Look for the needs on your own street, in your own backyard. Really look. Consider, what do they need? If you don't know, go ask. Look for oppression, where it is occurring. Listen for the voices crying out, because as we learned in our Exodus study yesterday, God hears the voices of those who cry out. Look for where justice is discounted. Not the justice that's comfortable for you. Try to look past that. Friends, we are born into a system and to a structure our home, our community, our church, our nation. We didn't choose any of these things, amen? Like an old home, much of this was not built by us, amen? 
But if we want a good long life for ourselves and our future generations, we must seek the guidance of the Holy Inspector to tell us where the cracks are, to tell us what needs to be attended to. We must be willing to see where the house is falling apart and name it, even if it's uncomfortable. We must be willing to see where it poses a threat to others and name it, even if we're part of the problem. We must be willing to confront the faulty wiring, the collapsing walls, and the cracked foundation wherever we may find it, even if it's under our own feet. So that's your homework this week. Pray. Seek honest guidance. And ask yourself, will I see? And then, if you will, what do I see? Let's begin there. Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.